Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brandon Woodruff. Welcome to the Small Business Podcast, where every week I interview a different small business owner and I ask them questions that matter, questions that are are practical and that when you hear their answers, you can take them and apply them to your own business, your own context, kind of with the goal of of making us all as small business owners just better at at what we do and getting getting what we do rather out to the world. So uh, today's guest, I had Shane Champlin uh, of Marketing Remix. And I think you're really going to enjoy Shane and, and my conversation. It was just uh, really uh, a lot of valuable stuff in there. So uh, let me know what you think of it. Before we jump in really quickly, um, just a quick uh, plug here. I am an online fitness coach. So if you kind of find yourself, you know, not knowing what to do or um, having trouble sticking to things or what you used to do that worked isn't working anymore, um, or you just don't have seem to have motivation to stick to anything, whatever it is, um, I've worked with it. I work with it right now. So um, just shoot me a text, 251-635-8055. I am not a high pressure sales kind of guy. Um, as you'll hear in this podcast, I got fired from my only sales job ever. Uh, it was the only time I ever got fired and it was the only sales job I had. And those are the things that uh, kind of uh, go hand in hand. So um, um, I am not a salesy type of person. I'm going to try to help you work through the issues. And if that turns into a coaching client relationship, I would love for that to happen. And if it doesn't, I'd love to point you on your way. So just shoot me a text um, or reach out to me at any of my, my social media. And I am happy to help in any way that I can. All right. Let me know what you think of this episode. All right. What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to the Small Business Podcast. I have with me today Shane Champlin. Um, Shane and I kind of connected initially online, uh, as how I seem to connect with most people these days. And he uh, he and I are in part of like a little group. Uh, it w- correct me if I'm wrong, Shane, but I think I'm the only like non-marketer in that group. I think it's technically a group for like marketers but yeah it's a marketing cohort but you're a marketer i mean come on man i mean yeah not by trade though i'm just trying to market yeah yeah so all right man so why don't i'm gonna hand it off to you why don't you tell us a little about a little bit about yourself and and kind of just like what your business is what you do sure well um i have been in marketing in one way or another for the last 17 years um and sales right so when i was 18 i started selling car stereos and then that led to other sales jobs i did door-to-door sales i sold um, oil and gas joint venture partnerships, cold calling, kind of like the movie boiler room. Like that's a real thing, legit. And like, uh, I thought I was a salesman until I did that. So learned a lot (laughs) and I found out I wasn't as good as what as I thought I was, but, uh, but I learned so much there, right? Like just all that culminated. And at some point in my career, I learned that people need less um, like websites and they need more strategy as, as businesses, right? Cause I, I was a, I was a web developer, or a, a project manager for a web development firm. And we would always get to the point where we launch a website and it wouldn't work that well. Like we do a $5,000 website, like brand, like spent months building it. And the reason that I ended up seeing was like, we just didn't ever strategize it to begin with. And like, they thought they're going to get a website that generated them leads. They got a beautiful website that did what we wanted it to do, but it didn't actually work that well. So that got my focus over to marketing strategy, which then took me down a rabbit hole of learning and like, you know, I've started my own business several times and I've always kind of been on the side working on marketing. So um, that leads me up to today um, where I run a, an agency, um, a one-man agency right now. So I guess you could call me more of a consultant than running an agency, but um, where I do lead generation for both local and national businesses using social media specifically in Facebook advertising, Instagram advertising is kind of my bread and butter, and then using Facebook Messenger as a channel for generating leads. So I'm very niche specific, uh, yeah. very focused on that 
to uh, help companies to generate leads, which is the biggest problem I see businesses have just across the board is just, you know, there's a lot of marketers out there. There's a lot of services, SEO, SEM, PPC, all the acronyms. And uh, not all of that really does much unless you know what you're doing strategy wise to generate leads. And it's very fundamental. So um, that's what I do now is help the businesses generate leads. Cool. And primarily through Facebook and, and Instagram ads. Is, is that yeah. right? Okay. And messenger as a channel specifically. Gotcha. So mm-hmm. that's where, that's where the communication happens. Generally. Yeah, and the conversion and, and exactly. Cool. Cool. Awesome, man. Um, and so where are you located? Colorado Springs, Colorado. Cool. Yeah, you are still haven't been Weed there, capital of the world, <laughs> man. One of these days I'm going to visit. Not, not, I'm not saying for the weed or anything. I'm just saying, yeah, sure. Uh, so, okay. So let's just go back a little bit. So you, you pretty much answered this, but maybe like fill in a little bit, like what kind of led you to decide to kind of like branch out on your own? I'm not sure that I heard that in there. What made you decide that you wanted to do your, just totally your own thing? You know, it was a really long process of thinking, Oh no way. I got fired. Okay. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, uh, I was at a company called bomb bomb, which is a amazing software company. Video email is kind of their bread and butter mm-hmm. a platform that is used to send video scalably through email and through other digital channels because it's a difficult channel to make scalable, right? Like video takes yeah. a long time to produce and all that. Yeah. So I was their marketing director from, um, uh, November of 2015 until September of 2018, at which point we had grown from uh, about a staff of 41 when I mm-hmm. started there. And I was like the fourth member of the marketing team to 145 people when I left there. Wow. And the team was like 20 people deep. And, you know, at that point, I just, I don't think I was the right fit for them anymore. And we, you know, I got fired. And uh, then I was like, damn that pardon my French. I'm not going to go and get another job. I'm just going to like, you know, the fastest way I think I can make money is to do what I do for clients quickly and try to get some business and the rest is history, man. Yeah. So you decided like I could either, I could either just like pour my resources and time into finding another gig. Um, or I could do my own thing pretty much. And you decided on the ladder. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing. I suck at being employed. I am so yeah. terrible at it. Like I just, I always either have like power struggles with the owner or the manager. I'm kind of a like conflict centered kind of person, not in a way like I argue, but I like yeah. to argue at times and I like to make sure that, you know, I, I, I challenge often mm-hmm. and, you know, leadership, sometimes leaders are a little fragile sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I, and so, you know, that's always just gotten me fired. It's like, <laughs> it's like a perpetual thing in my life yeah. that I'm going to get fired from most jobs. Yeah. I'm not proud of that, but just kind of what happens. So. Yeah. yeah um, totally makes sense, man. I mean, uh, I've, I've shared this in the past, but like, uh, on the last episode I did, but I, um, not in the same way. Like, so what led to me like going out totally on my own was also getting fired. But like, yeah. for me, it was kind of shocking because I had, I was kind of the opposite. Like I've always had an issue with like, because I'm so efficiency minded, like things that have always, I've always struggled with things that, that are not efficient. And usually like <laughs> I, I see a more efficient way, not because I think I'm better than somebody else. It's just the strength that I have is like, I'm going to be, I'm going to go in. And once I learn the process, I can almost, almost always find a way to like make it a little bit you know let's let's get out of here a little bit quicker let's let make this a little better for the our, our customers or clients you know what i mean and so like um you know so you for, love meetings no oh my god <laughs> oh i thought you were serious i was like is this guy kidding me right now you know what efficiency <laughs> means but like uh yeah i mean i i very much man like um 
I, that's always actually served me well uh, in my jobs. Um, it, it, I was in the Air Force, like that did I, that went really well. Um, yeah. But then, but then I did. Um, I was working in recruiting and sales, and so I uh, am really good. I learned that I'm a really good recruiter and a really bad salesman. So like, <laughs> uh, they were. It was very amicable. Like that, my bosses were like all, were like really cool, and I just even like I even told them I, like they even like paid me for a couple of weeks after I had been let go. Like I, they let, they let me go. Then let me work there for another two weeks. Then paid me for another two weeks after that. And I was like, well, I told them, I was like, if it's going to happen, like if I'm going to ever get fired, this is how I want it to, to happen. But ironically, <laughs> ironically, like that happened in July of 2019. And yeah. I already had plans and was on track to leave and do my own thing starting in December. Uh, awesome. So it wasn't that big of a pivot, but like it definitely pulled the rug out from under me a little bit, you know, because six months early was kind of a shocker. So I was like, yeah. So, um, yeah, dude, didn't mean to kind of steal the floor here, but I just want no, to you're fine. let you know, like you're in good company. Like it was kind of the same thing here. So. Yeah. We're like uh, fire buddies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine was less, mine was a little more dramatic. And when I left, I was like, I had a baby due in four months in September. Oh, and like, you know, my daughter was, uh, born in, uh, February. Actually, she's about to turn one. Um, my little Charlie girl That's awesome. and she, uh, and so like, that was like, you know, super high emergency for me. And like, it was yeah. totally unexpected and like, yeah, it was, it was yeah. crazy, but Hey, yeah. you know, that brought me to where I'm at now and I'm on a great trajectory and yeah. I love awesome, doing man. my stuff for myself, even though it's the hardest yeah. thing I've ever done. Yep. Yep. Man. Well, first of all, congrats, dude. I'm really excited for you. Um, Thanks, so bro. you are doing this full time, right? Like yep. this is your full time gig. All it right. Is. So going to move into a little bit more of the practical piece here now, kind of start uh, asking you some questions about the business specifically. So um, I know that I want to kind of get a, a sense of like, if I just asked you, who is your target audience? How would you answer that? Who are you primarily targeting? You know, that's actually a good question. Um, I have typically worked mostly uh, in my agency with local business clients. So um do you mind if I tell a quick story about how all. I ended up no. doing what I do? So I, when I, when I got fired, I was trying to find a way to make, to get some testimonials because after working for three years at a company, I had kind of been dormant on my consulting stuff and I didn't have any sort of proof that I knew what I was doing because obviously I can't go and access the results that I got <laughs> from the company that I got fired from yeah. dilemma, right back against the wall. So I was like, I'm going to offer some free trials to some clients. So I put it up on Facebook and a friend of mine chimed in um, when I said I was going to run a free trial, Facebook ad campaign, basically the goal was like, Hey, you guys give me 500 bucks. I'll run it. You don't pay me. I'll run the campaign, come up with the ads, do the whole thing, set it up. And if we get results, then all I really need from you is a testimonial video. Hopefully it turns into a client relationship, but if not, I'm cool with that. I just need the, I needed the cloud. Right. Mm. So I worked with this auto shop and the first thing that happened was I was, I was like in the process of trying to figure out how to generate leads. And I looked at his website and it was just terrible, right? Like it's blue collar business. They don't spend a lot of money on website and like he had a Wix site or, you know, one of those Squarespace, something like that. Stealth done, not conversion friendly. And so on a free budget, I can't exactly go and like revamp their website. That's a lot of time and effort. And I needed within a week to two weeks to get results like right now. So I started doing research on like, how can I do this? And you know, like automotive shops just are a blue collar and they're a very direct response type of business. If you have a problem with your car, you're not going to like go online and submit a, a consultation form and schedule an appointment and opt in through email. And like, you're going to call or you're going to bring your car in. Right. So I'm like, 
these other kind of marketing things aren't going to work for this, like a website landing page or anything. I don't have time to do that anyway. So I started researching and I thought about Facebook lead ads. So if, if any of you don't know what lead ads are, the Facebook gives you the ability to put a form up on Facebook that can capture information will auto populate what's in their profile into it, like phone, email, whatever you pull into that form. But it's still a passive way of generating a lead because when they submit that form, it still gets an email sent to them and it's got to be sent to whoever it is passively. It's not a conversation like a phone call would be or a text message, right? Then I saw when I was setting up an ad campaign that you can do messenger as a, as a conversation or as a, as a goal. And so I was like, Oh, this could work. And I started researching it and I was like, as I did more and more research, I was like, this is the closest thing to how someone would interact with a business in normal day-to-day -day life, right? Like from learning, just being in marketing for so long, you really got to think about the customer and how they need to go through the process of getting that, that problem solved, not how you would do it, right? Like everything about you as a business, it's completely worthless to them if it doesn't meet them where they are in their process and help them bridge that gap, right? So messenger, text messages, right? We're all familiar with that. There's no learning curve. There's no sort of like way that we need to get familiar with it. It's not distributed. So I was like, let me just try this out. Lo and behold, we put an ad up. We just had like a very basic uh, video that I made of slides um, and it started generating leads. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm logged into their Facebook page and I'm seeing these conversations happen. And not only are the conversations happening, I can actually interject in that conversation anytime I want. So when they click that ad, it starts a conversation. It doesn't passively generate a lead. So I was like, Oh, yeah. I'm on to something. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we were able to start to kind of interact with people and like actually get people into the shop and they started making money from these ads. Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, the guy like took me into his office, the owner of the business, and he tried to lock my lead generation system down in a franchise agreement <laughs> not, and basically stopped me from selling it to any shop in the country unless he got money out of it. So wow. at that point, I was like, and he was like, and, and, and like, so at that point, I was like, I'm definitely on to something if the owner of this yeah. shop wants to like make money off of it and seize the potential. Yeah. Then I told him no. And he's like, this is never going to work. And like, it's, it's a terrible system. It's not finished. It doesn't actually do what you're supposed to do. And so I was like, whatever, bro, I'm going to go sell this to somebody right away. Yeah, I did. And, um, you know, I actually at that client's shop right now and okay. we're you know, <laughs> nice. 300 leads in and like, you know, uh, we, I think he's invested a little over 10,000 and has made about a hundred and hundred thousand in revenue from that wow. specific type of marketing. Right. Um, and it's refined since then. But so then I just took that model and I started doing it for other businesses. I did it for an auto salon, kind of like the ceramic coatings and detailing and like paintless dent repair, killed it there. I've been working with a, an insurance adjuster down in Florida doing like hurricane funds where they have these funds available for insurance companies and people get screwed by the insurance company. Um, and insurance companies are evil. They are truly evil. And uh, this company helps them basically get the money that they deserve to fix their home. And like in the last 30 days, we've generated like 300 or actually over 420 leads now. And they've closed like eight or nine deals. So like it works, it just works. Yeah. And so um, that's kind of how I ended up doing what I'm doing. Yeah. I found this channel and saw that it worked. And I just doubled down on that. And so like, the, it's a long story, but to, to answer your question, it's really yeah. businesses that, um, if I were to say like an ideal prospect for me, it's a company that probably does a half a million or more a year in revenue okay. because they need to be spending three to $5,000 a month on advertising for this to be something that they could actually even do. Um, okay. So that's kind of the, the ideal prospect, local business. It could be national business. It doesn't really matter 
um, as long as their their market is on Facebook and Instagram. Cool, cool, awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, that's no, that's a that's a great answer. So, do, would you um, just a side note here? Like, have you have you worked with any companies that are not on Facebook and Instagram, and you've gotten them on there, or they have to already be on there? No, it's kind of a prerequisite. I have a gotcha. very kind of strict kind of pre-qualification conversation that I have that's really like said, sort of like goes along the lines of, do you have the money to do this if you wanted to do this? Mm. And could you do it for three to six months if you wanted to do this? And yeah. are you already doing this? Yeah, yeah. And if the answer is no to any of those things, then it's not really a good fit for me. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so moving on here into kind of the marketing piece. So this is, you're the third uh, marketer, some form of marketer that I've, I've interviewed. So like, it's interesting to me to ask a marketer, I ask everybody this marketing piece. So it's interesting to me to ask a marketer how they market their business. So just know when I ask this, I'm asking you how you market your business, not how yeah. you market your client's business. So how do you, how do you, for your business marketing remix, get, you know, get new prospects and generate leads? Like, how do you go about that? Up to this point, it's been mostly referral business and just making connections with people and kind of getting out there and um, just connecting with people, really. Yeah. I haven't done any funnel myself. I'm in the process of building that this month, actually, mm. and sort of starting to try and generate my own leads, which, by the way, like the cobbler's son has no shoes kind of situation. Yeah. I'm having the hardest time trying to do my own marketing yeah. and figure out like my core offer and all those things, which is what I help companies do yeah. all day and all every day. So. Yeah. But I typically, you know, I prospect on LinkedIn quite a bit. Um, and then I just try to do the best. I, I just really over deliver with my current clients mm -hmm. and uh, they refer me. Yeah. And so, um, and I look for partnerships, not clients is yeah. kind of, I think really what I've focused on is looking for companies that want to have a member of their team that does this for them. And they're not looking for like a, of uh, like a package service type of relationship. Like they want a guy that like yeah. is the expert at this and can do this for them. And uh, that's kind of been my focus and that's okay. paying off. So, so you would say the majority of new clients you get come from referrals. Yeah. So dig into the referral thing a little bit. Do you, are you asking for those referrals or are they just kind of doing them? Like, how is that, how's that happening? It's funny. They just are like, Hey, I got a guy yeah, <laughs> like, that's needs awesome, your help. Man. Because everybody's a right. business owner, right? Like everybody's <laughs> yeah. a business owner and they all, like if they're a business owner, they got other friends that are business owners. Right. Um, right. One of my clients is an insurance agent. He sells homeowners and commercial insurance and auto insurance and in, in down and around Houston. Hmm. And he just has clients that are businesses and they need help with marketing. So he'll like refer me to one and then, you know, we have a conversation and that's usually how it goes. My auto shop guy is one of my best friends now after becoming a client with me. And like, he just is constantly throwing people my way. He's a yeah. very like, he's one of those connector type peoples, people that just knows people and everybody yeah. loves him. And he's just like, he's like raves about me and basically pre-sells them for me, yeah. which is fascinating. By the time I talk to him, he's like, what do we got to do to work with you? Cause Josh yeah. has been talking to us for like 40 minutes about you. <laughs> that's the same guy that told you, the same guy that told you it would never work. No, actually oh, that's, that's the, the guy, guy after, right? Like the guy oh, that told okay, me it I would never you. work. I like ended the relationship with him. He didn't even pay me or anything like okay. he said he would. And I went and like met this guy through another acquaintance of mine that just oh, knew yeah. I needed business and we just hit it off. And, uh, you know, so I work with him, like I do lead generation, but I also do some, um, marketing consulting in the area of like culture and company because being at bomb bomb for three years, I have a lot more experience than just lead generation. So yeah, a lot of my arrangements are kind of like that. I help with yeah, a little yeah. more than just marketing, but that's how it starts. Okay. 
Okay. So um, still kind of under the marketing banner, like, you know, a, a big focus of mine. And I think a lot of, of companies now is putting out content and trying to stay yeah. like, like we were talking about before we started recording, like top of mind, you know, how, what kind of content and what kind of like, what kind of stuff are you putting out there? Like where, where, and where is it? Like, where do you post it? Uh, typically it's on Facebook or Instagram and LinkedIn, right? So those are my three channels. I work with businesses. So I have, I have a big following on LinkedIn um, and I have a big uh, like network there. So I do post a lot of content there. And the kind of content that I post, I use the same system that I help my clients use. Um, I, I have a system. Um, uh, I haven't packaged it yet into something that I would call like a, you know, a product. But yeah. I use a, a sheet that I basically help the business to look at their customer's journey and identify five main milestones that like 80% of their customers would have to go through to work with a company like oh, theirs, okay. like their buyer's journey. And then once we got those milestones, each one of those kind of like humps or milestones or like objectives that they've got to clear over mm -hmm. has questions underneath it or problems or issues or hesitance or any of those things. Yeah. And it's completely focused on the customer. So the content that I produce is usually like case study type content of me explaining the results that I'm getting for clients specifically, kind of uh, demystifying some of the marketing stuff that I hear out there in the world, helping, yeah. uh, I, I just do a lot of education based mm. um, and sort of results case study type based content is the main stuff that I, I produce myself. Cool, cool. Yeah. Nice, man. Um, and so moving into the sales piece here. So let's say, you know, you've gone through the pro the you've, you've gone through the prospecting and you've got somebody, um, who you are ready to approach, like closing a deal with and, and making them your client. What does that mm -hmm. look like? Is that a phone call? Is that done through messenger? Um, how does that, what's that process of, of going from prospect to client? Yeah, great question. So typically I, I use a video email to make a connection. Okay. Like bomb bomb is the tool that I use for that in my severance agreement. I negotiated a lifetime account on that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So like, I was like, but wait, one thing I could get when I leave, can I just have a bomb bomb account? Right. Yeah. So um, I use that religiously to send emails to people because I always stand out in that way. Right. It probably cuts my sales process about in half because I'm able to build so much more trust faster because everything I do is me speaking those words. So if somebody asks me a question, I shoot back a 15 second video answering yeah. the question. I'm not just typing out emails. Yeah, yeah. So um, I use that to reach out if I get a referral and then I just kind of introduce myself and set a meeting. I use, you know, Calendly for somebody to set up a time with me so that I don't have to like Mm -hmm. spend all that time logistics. It's just a pain in the butt. Yeah. Like you said, efficiency is key and Calendly has changed my life. Yeah. So I have them set an appointment and then we have a good fit conversation. It's usually 20 to 30 minutes long and I have a very specific structure for that conversation that I lead very, very intentionally. And the whole idea is to help them to see their, their future they want to get to within the next 12 months, like where they want to be and then see clearly where they are and how far it is from where they want to be. And then I make them, then I just help them identify everything that's standing in the way of them getting there if they didn't see that or know that. And by the time that conversation's over, it's kind of like, hey, uh, so how do we, how do I fix this? This is terrible. How do I fix it? Right. Yeah. So it's, it's all about establishing that gap for me, the first, mm -hmm. and making them really feel the need to work with someone that really knows what they're talking about. And then the next conversation usually is a second conversation that happens. Um, where we talk about what I can possibly do to fix those problems or sometimes it's in the same conversation and then I propose, you know, whatever it is to them and, mm. um, and then move forward from that point forward. And it's, I've okay. got about an 80% close rate. Nice. Yeah. So got they, any referrals help with that, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
So let me just make sure I've got it clear. So they, you respond with video messenger or you respond with a video message. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that's kind of like gives a little bit of a personal touch. And then from there you, you set up usually a call and you mm -hmm. guys go through the, through like where they are to where they want to be kind of what the problems are. And you deal with like the objections they have and things like that. And then either on that call or a second call, you address how you could help them. And that's when, where you would kind of close the, close the deal. Yeah. Typically I don't really, I don't do, everybody always asks on that first call, like, what do you, how much is it going to cost uh -huh. and all that? I'm like, yeah, yeah. we're not there yet. So yeah. I always like try to keep taking it away because I, what I want them to do is like really want to work with me because of the expertise they see and the value in the conversation. Like the first conversation I have, I think is probably the most valuable because what it does is it helps them see, like if you have a map, a great, a map is really effective. If you know two things, if you know where you want to go and you know where you are, yeah. but if you, that map is completely worthless. If you don't know one of those two things, right? Yeah. Like if you don't know where you are, you can have the most thorough map in the world and not be able to use it to get where you want to go. Right. Right. So I just help them come up with their own map, which business owners are just notoriously bad at understanding yeah. their own situation and like how bad it is just like I am. Right. Like, you know, I'm like they said, the collar has no shoes or yep. son has no shoes. Yep. So that conversation I, in and of itself is probably, I mean, it's worth money because they, mm -hmm. it could take that and like run with it because they now know that they have a problem and they yeah. need to fix it. Mm. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's it, man. Cool. Cool. Uh, you mentioned Calendly and how it's changed your life. Uh, I use it too and love it, man. Why don't you really, really quickly for anybody who doesn't know what that is, just kind of give them a, a synopsis of how it works and why it's such a huge and helpful tool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Calendly is an automated kind of calendar scheduling tool that allows somebody to go and find a pre-established calendar that you can set up however you want. And I've got several of them for different things. Um, and you can set up, you know, your own time blocks in there and people who just go into that calendar, select the time, sign up, put their information in, and then it just adds it to your calendar. Yeah. That's scenario B, which is the better scenario. Scenario A is, Hey, let's schedule a time. I've got Monday at two, Wednesday at three and Friday at four. Mm -hmm. And then they fire back. Oh, none of those work for me, but I've got Wednesday at three yeah. and Tuesday at one. And then you're six emails in a week of conversation that's happened and it's all passed by and you still haven't scheduled the yeah. appointment yet. So it just hacks that whole process. 80% yeah. of it's gone now. You send them a link and they schedule and it's done. Yeah, it's amazing, dude. It really is. It's a huge it help. Ironically, I think we set up a call the, the way A that you just said that. <laughs> we totally did. We totally <laughs> but did. But Calendly is what I usually use. Uh, use like I, I actually, I always use it with clients, like potential clients, but I Me have too. not, I haven't started, like for whatever reason, when I'm reaching out to like people for the podcast, I often like don't use it. So why? I don't know. But I know, I'm I'm I've actually thought like, Hey mom, I'm going to send this to my mom and let her. <laughs> yeah. that's hilarious. But I just can't, I just that can't do work. it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. It might be offensive, but uh, also could uh, increase efficiency. Might. All right. So um, moving on, man. So, uh, so retention. So let's say you've got a client, you've already sold them. They've become your client. They're paying you now. Um, like obviously, you know, results is an obvious answer. So, I mean, include it however you want, but like, what makes people stick around? What makes them continue um, like employing your services? Like what, what, what it causes your, your client retention? I think, um, okay. So there's a few, there's a few components to that answer. I think one of them obviously, like you said, is results, right? Like if my, my business model is lead generation, it's not SEO where I'm like, Hey, for six to nine months, we're going to do this work and hopefully it's going to give you results and you're going to have like this, you know, your traffic's going to go up and people are going to find you more that's not my business model. So my business model is like, I got to get you actual leads in the door within a week to two weeks of this campaign launching. 
or it's probably not going to go very well and you're not going to keep me around for very long. Mm -hmm. So um, the results are really key for my business model just because of the, the service that I offer is lead generation. Um, so that's one answer to that question. So results is key. Second though, I think is kind of my approach to wanting partners and clients that are like my friends. So I don't really, and, th and this is, you know, where I'm at. It's not a scalable model necessarily to have a business of people that all have friends as their clients. But right. for me, what I'm trying to find is clients that I can have 10 of them and be like really, really great for them and perfect fit as a partner to their business doing this for them and make a lot more money because of it. And that's starting to kind of happen. So that I go over and above for all my clients. I was working with a home um, remodeling contractor recently here in the Springs. And for whatever reason, the three months that I worked with them for were right before the holidays and the campaigns we launched were for home remodeling and no one's going to remodel their home in Christmas season when all the holidays are going on. They're not even thinking about it. So that campaign fell completely flat. It didn't generate leads. It didn't do what it said it was going to do and what I promised it would do. And so they're six grand deep in this, this deal with me. And so I was just like, you know what? I don't feel like I delivered the value that I was supposed to deliver. I didn't get you results. So I just hung on with a cut with them for a couple of more months and helped their marketing director who was very sort of novice as a marketing director. Like he was like a family friend and then like became this director of marketing, but not really a marketing director at all for yeah. a three to $5 million company. Wow. So I kind of just put my arm around him because that's exactly what I did. Like yeah. that's kind of like my background and just helped them, right? Like tried to consult, tried to coach him, tried to give him focus on things that would actually move the needle for their business. And then eventually ended up connecting them with one of my friends that is one of the like top SEO providers in the country. He's one of 15 Google product experts in Google, my business. And then like I connected them. And then at that point it was like value delivered and I can move on. But just, that's the point, right? Like yeah. I don't, I don't stop working with a client just cause it didn't work. I'm really committed to getting them results and I think they feel that and they see the way that I am like willing to continue to walk with them until that happens. Yeah. And that just gives people peace of mind. It gives, you know, business owners peace of mind that I'm different. I'm not just yeah. like, you know, uh, you know, you this whole like six figure agency and like, you know, automated yeah. funnels. That's okay. I, it works, but I can tell you right now that that is bullshit for the most part, yeah. like it, it's people's really good at selling the, the courses and marketing that are meant to help people build a funnel in an agency. But practically that does not flush out very well. Like you can't just package $5,000 services and people be willing to buy it from you. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Like yeah, no novice is going to be able to get that client. Yeah. No matter how much Russell Brunson says it. Right. So like my experience is people are people and they need a relationship that they can trust. And they got so much going on that if they can't trust people, then it's very, very, and I'm usually I'm working with someone after they've worked with three or four others of me hmm. and you know, they've had bad experiences and they're very jaded. And like, you know, I think it's refreshing for them to see that I'm fully committed to yeah. their success. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Awesome answer. Um, so here's a, just a kind of like, it's, it's more related to you than your business. Um, but you know, I, I kind of usually frame it this way. I think a lot of times just related to kind of like self-improvement and continued growth. I think yeah. a lot of times it's easy to 
it's easy to kind of like go into the business with the skills you already have. Like for you, for instance, you know, being the marketing director and all that kind of stuff, you could go in and you could probably ride that for a while, but like, what do you do to kind of continue to learn, continue to like improve and hone your craft? Like, what do you, how do you go about that? I mean, I'm executing campaigns, right? Like learning is one thing. And, and this is kind of internet marketing in a nutshell, right? Like there's so many resources, there's so many courses there's, you could spend thousands of dollars and, and literally do nothing execution wise, you know, after going through all these different sort of programs that teach you to market that you aren't really actually teaching you to market because you need to have your hands on the wheel or right? like you need to have that foot on the gas pedal. You need, if you're going to be running ads for a client or you were learning about running ads, you need to actually get into that account and you need to run those ads and you need to see what works and what doesn't. It's a process. It's not an event. And so like, you know, um, it's being in the trenches doing the work all the time and kind of my methodology is, is a test-based methodology. So all the campaigns I set up are in like three phases where the first part is identifying, you know, who the uh, ideal candidate is and what offer we're going to go after them with. And there's three to five of those offers that we come up with right off the bat. And then I'm going to find that audience in Facebook and I'm going to try to segment that out into three or four different groups. And then we're going to run a campaign. And then we're going to see out of those three or four different groups of people, which of those three or four, it's usually one or two, are going to actually be the right audience that are engaged with that offer, engaged with that messaging, and engaged with the ad, mm -hmm. and are starting to convert. Then once we do that, then I'm testing different offers and testing different yeah. um, creative for. So like to answer your question, it's it's a process that you yeah. have to actually be doing the stuff. Yeah, you can learn all day long, and I you know I do that. I'm I'm an avid information consumer. Mm -hmm. But for me, the, when the brass tacks hit the floor, yeah. it's stopping the learning and starting to execute yep. something and get it going. Yep. And that's how I learn the best. That's awesome, man. Uh, I relate to you heavily on that. I have to, I have a, I don't know, like <laughs> for me, for me, a, a phrase that's been in my mind for quite a while now that just like has, has spurred everything on is just action over everything. It doesn't mean I don't listen to stuff. 100%. And I'm a very much an audio learner. I listen to podcasts, audiobooks constantly. Me too. But like it does, there are times where I literally will stop listening to like podcasts about anything that matters and just listen to like pro wrestling podcast or like, <laughs> or like uh, a true crime or something just because I just need to stop listening to things I haven't yet implemented and just focus on doing the stuff. So I totally relate with what you're saying. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I feel like it's an epidemic in our world. Like yeah. the access yeah. we have to information like paralyzes us sometimes. And I'm talking to yeah. myself, right? Like I got to take yeah. information diets. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So this is kind of a related question, but um, so when it comes to inspiration, so uh, some people have answered, like I, the, the general question is like, what inspires you to keep doing this? Um, but I guess I want to kind of like hone this question in a little bit. So like, if you're the kind of person who struggles with like motivation, inspiration, um, what, how do you stay motivated? And if you're not, even when, even when, even when you're not that kind of person, like we all have those days where we're just like, man, I don't want to do this. Like I don't yeah. feel well or yesterday sucked or whatever it is. So like, however you want to answer, like what, what keeps you inspired at, at least during those times? Okay. Two things. Okay. One is, I mean, I, you know, we all have our family. I got three kids and, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a man of faith. So, um, I believe that I have a mission and I've been designed and created for a specific purpose. 
Um, that is kind of underlyingly always part of something that drives me in a big way is I don't know what that's going to look like in the end, but I do know that like my goal right now is to do the best possible work that I can to help somebody grow their business because growing somebody's business helps them feed more people, get more people employed. So I try to connect it to that in a, in a way that's meaningful to me because it's hard because sometimes I'm operating a lot of times with profit. Yeah. Right. And if you don't get profit, you don't get success. And that's just the business world, right? You got to have ROI. And so like that can easily muddle motivation to be something that's trivial and like surface level and something that doesn't matter that much. And I got to try to keep connecting that to something that does matter to me, yeah. which is my purpose and my family and my kids and keeping them, you know, fed and all of that. Yeah. And the other part is, um, you mentioned the part about like, you know, waking up some days and not wanting to get out of bed. Um, I've over the years just understood, started to understand myself better that sometimes you just have to take that day, mm -hmm. right? Like, and, and I know that like, it's easy sometimes to wake up, especially cause I'm a motivated person. Like on the Enneagram, I'm a seven mm -hmm. and I'm like, uh, you know, like kind of the campaigner and I've always got a positive attitude. But the fact is that I also have down days where I feel depressed that day. And I've learned that part of me and my process is getting through that day. It's just like today is the day and I just can't really, ex I can't in my mind, I just need to go through that day to day because tomorrow will be better. If I allow myself to experience this morning or to experience this pain, experience this kind of like depression or whatever it is that day that I'm feeling, it's off, it's up and down as an entrepreneur, you know, it's like yeah. a fart and a hot skillet. It's different every day. Right. But um, knowing myself and like allowing myself, I heard Gary V's video the other day talking about being efficient. You'd love this. And he's yeah. like, how do you be, the question was, how do I be more efficient in my work? He's like, don't beat yourself up for not being efficient. Yeah. And he explained it as like, you know, I could go and do something and I could waste this time. He's like, but I'm not going to sit around and explain, like beat myself up about why I wasn't efficient as I could have been doing that. And like, yeah. just be, he's like, we beat ourselves up so often that we were inefficient all the time. He's like, I just move on. Like I, if I didn't do it right. I just move on, learn from it, go for it. I was yeah. like, I love that. And it's yeah. kind of tied into what I'm saying is like, I got to sometimes just take the day. Mm -hmm. And maybe if I take that day, the next four will be, way more productive than if I would have like beat myself up for that day and tried to get myself in gear. And yeah. you know, yeah. I don't know. It's a long Absolutely. answer, but no, it's a good answer, man. I think it's, you don't hear that too often. I love that. Like the answer of like, just embrace it and just like give into it basically for a day and mm. let it happen. You know, embrace I mean, the suck. yeah, man. I mean, I, yeah, I won't go on too much of a tangent, but I've, I've been experiencing that. Like I've only been fully self-employed for about uh, going on eight months now. And it's, you know, yeah. like I, I've experienced more emotion in those eight months than I probably have uh, any other time. And I'm just kind of like, man, I've got to, you know, they're, they're nights for me. It's not really like, it's not like long periods of time, but it's like sometimes at night, like I, I've, I've been going hard for 10 hours and then I'm just like, oh man uh you know like and i'm just trying to push yeah. myself push myself and it's probably better for me to just kind of like stop hang out go to sleep early and get up and start fresh so yeah man that's awesome um yeah it's totally it man yeah so uh so planning um kind of wrapping it up here uh but like with the planning piece you know some some companies have like a some businesses have like a five-year plan some don't have a plan they just kind of go through the motions you know as things happen how do you kind of plan for the future in your business I'm not right now. I'm just like my real, like literally my wheels are on the road. I'm pushing the gas pedal and I'm trying to just expand as quickly as possible because there's only one me. It's difficult to plan and set goals and execute on a mm -hmm. specific plan when it's you by yourself. It's kind of like just 20, 
20 plates spinning at one time mm -hmm. and you gotta like make that work somehow. Yeah. So I'm kind of in that phase, right? Like I know what makes me money and I know that like connecting with new people and finding new opportunities and doing great work is kind of like what continues to feed my business. So yeah. my plan at this point is doing that. But this next month, actually, it's a unique time. I'm actually putting a plan together to try and start to generate a specific amount of revenue per month. And then I'm bucketing out right? Like parts of my business that are going to produce this portion of that. And then like what else is going to produce the rest of that and where I need to be, like what I need to do to get to those numbers that I need to get to. Yeah. So that's actually happened for me, right? Like right yeah. in this moment. So. so you have, you have numbers and goals in your head, but you're more focused on like, let me just do an awesome job with like what I have right now and, and grow, let that growth kind of fuel itself. Kind yeah. Of I love, I love planning and I love process and I love all of that. I just yeah. suck at sticking to it and I yeah. suck at doing that. I could put the plan together for a company, but like for me to, to stick to like, I'm not good at checklists. Yeah. I'm not good at any of that. Dude, I just so know where my strength is and yeah. I know what I'm good at. And if I focus on those things, I can ride those coattails for a while. Not saying yeah. that that's the right way to go, but at a certain point in your entrepreneurial journey, if you're honest, if people are being honest, we can, we can sweeten this all up and sugarcoat it all we want. Sometimes you just got to get to work yeah. and you just got like, you got to stop planning. I'm like notorious in my past for just over planning and never getting the boat out of the Harbor. Yeah. And I could have just taken the boat out of the Harbor and like screwed myself up a few times, banging around the, you know, the coral, but eventually I'd have gotten out to sea. Yeah. Right. But sitting in the Harbor trying to figure out what I want to do and how I'm going to get there without actually mm. executing at the same time is the deathbed, man. Many yeah. great ideas have gone to the grave because of that. Yeah. So it's a big fear of mine and I just have kind of shifted to try and be more execution oriented. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. And uh you mentioned you threw out the Enneagram earlier. I have not um I have not brought out the Enneagram that I remember yet on this podcast, but like so I I just recently, like in the last two years learned what the Enneagram even was. So in, yeah. for anybody out there who does not know what this is, it's it's you know I guess layman's terms, you'd say a personality test, but like, I don't, I, I am very skeptical of things like this. I've done Myers-Briggs before. I've done all that kind of Me stuff. Too. But when somebody like a, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, who's also a seven, um, he introduced me to the Enneagram. Um, and he just like, he walked me through it. And dude, I mean, I, I did not know this guy yet. Like we, I was, scary, moving, I, was I was moving to Kansas city. <laughs> we had not met in person. We had, we had talked on the phone once and I felt like this dude had like cameras in my house. Like, isn't it scary? Yeah. I I'm know, a three. bro. Like I'm a three and I am. You're, like, oh yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, it, you're like the driver methodical. Yeah. yeah so, totally. So everything you just said, you're not like checklist sticking to things like that's what I am my yeah. my downfall is when failure like happens like consistent failure uh happens several several times back to back like I set up a furniture sale it falls through I'm on the phone with somebody I'm trying to uh, turn into a coaching client they're like I don't have the money like all that kind of stuff happens in one day I'm that's those are the days that I'm just like crack I'm, I'm done today you know so, <laughs> yeah totally. man um okay so so move uh, just a, that's just a side note. If you don't know what the Enneagram is, anybody Take listening, it. just give it a shot. Like shoot me yeah. a message, whatever. Let's talk about it. Cause it can be a tool that helps you. You know what I mean? Definitely. It's not, it's not just for the sake of like, Oh, I'm a, 
three like you're a like Hufflepuff and Harry Potter house here. It's more, <laughs> you know, it's more like uh, it's not just for the sake of knowing. It's like it's to help you with like development. You know, so I'm on the same page as you though. I also yeah. believe these things can kind of lock you into a mindset that you don't necessarily need to be locked into, right? Like we still have the ability to be pliable and flexible and change certain things once we become aware of them. So I feel like it's a good sort of like indicator of where you are and where you could be healthy or unhealthy. But I also I want to add, like, I don't believe in it as like, I'm this type. And so that's, I can't change. I'm just right. like rigidly this stuck in this mold. from yeah. that. So I hate that kind of mindset. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a static mindset person. Awesome, man. Totally related to that. And the last practical question before we ask the wrap up questions is how do you, how do you, this is very practical, but what, what tool do you use to accept like payment? Cause that's a, that's a question that, that people seem to really like to know. Like what, what tool do you use? Is it square? Is it PayPal? Like what, what kind of things do you use to receive payment from your clients? Uh, several different ones, but mainly Stripe is what I use okay. to send invoices and like you can set up subscriptions in there for monthly kind of like recurring to make yeah, it efficient. Yeah. Like you said, you don't have to send an invoice every month because that once you get a bunch of clients can also be a kind of a pain, you know, in managing all yeah. of that if it's not automated. Um, yeah. but I use cash app, Venmo, whatever client mm -hmm. wants to send me money, money through, I'm not going to refuse it. Okay. So you, so you meet them where they are and you don't, you don't totally. have like one that you insist on. Okay. No, I think okay. that's annoying when people do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm the same. I, I do try to steer away from PayPal, PayPal because I hate their fees generally, but like I'll do it if I need to. Um, yeah. So, um, okay. Just a few wrap up questions here. Um, if you, you know, you meet somebody, you talk to somebody who is about to start their own business or they just have started it. Um, mm -hmm. and they ask you, you know, like you can only give them one piece of advice. Like what would that be? What would be the one thing you would tell them? Hmm. Okay. It may not, it may not be that inspirational sounding. That's fine. Yeah. Buckle up. Yeah. And, uh, I would say like, just understand it's going to be the toughest, hardest thing you've ever done. Like it, both emotionally, um, physically and like just, you know, relationship wise, you're going to be tested for everything that you are. Mm -hmm. And, and, and like, there's no other way in my mind to put it. Like it's easy to get really excited about starting a business and that's the fun stuff, but that's, that wears out really quick when the rubber beats the road. And like you said, you know, a client saying no for the hundredth time today and you know, you got, you're waiting on a check, but it's not come through in a week and it's supposed to be due last week. And you know, you got bills that need to be paid and you know, like the real life is catching up to you and you're not like funded and venture capital venture capitaled up. Like I'm not, I'm bootstrapped, right? Like I didn't even have savings when I got fired. So everything that I make is going in one, one pocket and out the other. Mm -hmm. And so it's, um, I would say like, just understand what you're getting into yeah. when you start a business in a yeah. real way that it's going to suck most of the time. And the victories are really sweet, but it's real. And there's not, and I would also say like, um, understand if business is for you or not. It's not yeah. for everyone. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in that. There are certain people that are just not cut out for this kind of struggle. Right. And, and if, if that's you, like really sit down and figure out if that's going to be you, mm. if you're going to want to like continue to push through and bills ain't getting paid, yeah, yeah. you're going to want to continue because you're, it, it's, it happens to every entrepreneur. It is never a cakewalk. I don't care. It doesn't matter what the situation is. Everyone I know yeah. that's been an entrepreneur struggles at one time. Yeah. So prepare for that. And, and, you know, be committed. Yeah. Cool, man. Awesome answer. Thank you. Um, so 
this is one uh, that I'm just asking uh, the first 10 guests because it's still a new podcast. I'm trying to consistently make it better. Um, Are there any questions that if this were a podcast you were listening to that you wish I, as the host of the podcast would have asked you, you know, that you could, or would have asked the guest rather that you would have loved to hear like a small business owner answer that I have not asked. Uh, Probably like uh, in the area of like biggest problems you've had to overcome. Okay. Um, because I think each person is going to have a different story associated with those problems. And, um, the most inspired that I ever am is when I hear somebody come out of a struggle that I might also be going through. Yeah. And so like, you know, if I were to say, you know, small business podcast, what would small business owners need to hear? They need to hear stories of people that Mm -hmm. sucked and then didn't suck. Yeah. Right. Or like face like tragedy or struggle like the the real problems that people go through as an entrepreneur and like how they overcame those or how they got through them or whatever that is, because, you know, we all need people to help us just see that we're not alone. Cause being an entrepreneur is a very, I'm probably going to be like the most depressing guest on this freaking no, podcast. No, this is, this is good stuff, man. <laughs> Listen, the, 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 the beauty, one of the beauties of this podcast to me, like, and, and it's nothing that I do. It's literally just the, the, the ability to just me just ask the same questions and hear the different answers and the different perspectives from every guest, you know, I mean, not yeah. every, everybody doesn't need always to hear like the, the, the rosy answers, you know what I mean? Sometimes you need to hear like, this is not going to be easy, you know, like, and you should reconsider it, <laughs> you know, really yeah. think about it and make sure you want to do this. So, um, okay, cool, man. Um, so last, last question here, um, where can people kind of find you? Like if they're trying to, trying to, let's say somebody hears this and wants to hire your services or they just kind of want to creep on what you're doing. Like what's the best, best places to find you? It would be um, LinkedIn under my profile, which is Shane Champlin, S H A Y N E. I got a weird name. It's not, it's got a Y in it. I'm, my nickname is Shania. I don't know why they put the Y after the N, but for people have called me Shania and it's because the Y is in my name. So S H A Y N E Champlin is my last name. So you can find me on LinkedIn with that. Uh, Marketing remix is my Facebook page. That's my company's name and kind of my brand that I do my marketing under. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a lot of content underneath that. Like there's case studies and they're all long. Like there's, if you want to learn about marketing and you want to see like social media marketing that actually works. Cause one of the things that I hate is like people that are like, Hey, we've got this system and here's what it does. And here's the results mm-hmm. that it got. Now nah, we're not going to show you actually what's getting those results, <laughs> but we're going to compel you, yeah. make you froth at the mouth so that we can sell you something. Yeah. So my stuff's not like that. Like I've got 20, 30 minute long videos of me walking through the entire like ad and the video and why we did it this way. And, yeah. and like exactly what the ad is generating, showing the results in the Facebook mm-hmm. ads account. Like, so if you want to see like actual real campaigns that are working and getting results and how that, how that works. You can, that my content does exactly that. Awesome, man. Well, dude, I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you for taking the time to jump on here. I think it's been really valuable. So thanks for having me, man. I'm honored. Of course, man.